Okay, welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Brett McGrath, Stacking Slabs. I've been a longtime listener to his podcast. Delighted to have him on. We were both at the Dallas Card Show in May. Thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I probably saw half my sponsors at the show, but I didn't see Brett. So, Brett, give us your origin story. I want to hear about stacking slabs and just how you got started, because like I said, I'm really enjoying the energy you bring to your podcast. Thanks a lot, Dr. Beckett. It's an honor to be on your show. And I, it's a uh, uh, regret not being able to make the, the the dinner, but hopefully we can do it again. I have been a all, longtime collector of everything. It's just in my, my blood um, since I was a little kid, collecting sports cards, sports me- memorabilia, action figures, wrestling related items, just have always collected along the years. And it's something that satisfies me. It's not necessarily I buy things for, for the value of it, but I just like possession of things that are significant and meaningful to me. And as being a collector, just my entire life, obviously, I think there's so many other people, there's been these waves of moments within the sports card industry, or as the hobby we call it, that I've had. And there was a down period. You go to college, you you meet girls, you get married, you have kids, you get busy. And this busyness was happening as my life was transitioning and I kind of got out of cards. But then uh, about 18 months, two years ago, I started to get the itch again because I would see things pop up on my social feeds. I'd see these things called breaks happening and so much moving and changing around me. And as a sports guy, I was like, I wonder what's happening with cards again. So when I jumped back into sports cards, I quickly realized that this era of sports cards in the industry was dramatically different than where I had left it. And I'm a professional B2B marketer. I do marketing and create content for a living. So as I jumped back in and knew I wanted to get in the the weeds, I wanted to get involved, and this was a passion of mine, I wanted to also share my story of what I was learning along the way. That was the catalyst for starting Stacking Slabs because I said, I'm not the only person in my age demographic who are having these same feelings and who are jumping back in, and it's confusing. So Stacking Slabs really was born out of the, the concept of, I do content for a living. I'm going to just tell my story. And in turn, as I tell my story, I get the opportunity to meet collectors, investors, owner operators in the industry just by having a show. So that's really been my origin story. Been back in it. And like I said, flying out to Dallas to be in the mix, there's just so much energy and opportunity. And I'm just so bullish and optimistic on just the energy around our hobby and really happy to be a part of it. What is your buying and selling ratio? A pure collector is 100% buying never selling. A flipper is 50-50. Everything that comes in goes out. Are you 80-20? Are you mainly accumulating and buying? Or are you doing a lot of flipping or opportunistic buying and then holding on to it for a while and then selling it? So I think this is a part of my evolution. Over the first year I came back, it was like 100% buying, no selling. Then as I start to meet people, start to understand, start to see their grails, do discovery on them, ask them questions. Well, do you have just a cash reserve that you're pointing at like sports cards? Like, how are you doing this? I'm learning that people, which I think is a a strategy that I'm attaching myself to where I'm doing now more selling is this idea of consolidation or looking out. And if you see a card you want and you might not ever see it again, buy the card, knowing that you might have the money in cards to go 
cover the cost of that. That's the approach I'm taking now where if I see a card, a perfect example of this is I recently got a DM from a, a, a collector in the hobby who knows I'm a big Colts fan sent me a 97 Marvin Harrison PMG card, BGS 8.5. I saw the card. I knew I had to have it. I didn't necessarily have the cash to dedicate to that card right now, but I looked at the card and I said, looked at my collection. I said, where would this card rank in my collection if I had it? And it was a top three piece for me. So then that makes the decision-making really easy. So then I say, okay, I can go sell these three cards to go cover the cost of this card. So that type of mentality and approach is what I'm taking to the hobby now. I'll, I, I always go and want to buy something with the idea that I'm going to have it forever, but also I'm not rigid. And I try to have flexibility on if something else appears that might interest me, go make a move. You're from Indy. It's a good thing Marvin Harrison doesn't play for the Pacers. Because otherwise you wouldn't be able to afford it. Maybe you could afford it, but the price would be a multiple if he was a basketball PMG as opposed to a football PMG. And they're relatively similar scarcity. So did that factor into your calculus that this, even at a high price, it's nothing compared to what the basketball PMGs are, I think. What, what 100%. I think part, one of the notes from, and I'll shout them out here, Sierra at California Card Collector on Instagram. One of his nuggets he said to me is, hey, you, you can buy a Rod Strickland and it'll cost you three grand more than the Marvin Harrison. And that to me, like I understood there was a discrepancy, but when it's that pointed and I look at the Hall of Fame career of a Marvin Harrison, to me, it was like, I need to jump on this now. As I dug into the PMG football set, yes, it's nowhere near the basketball level. However, football cards are gaining traction, which excites me as a football fan. But there's 30 Hall of Famers in that that 97 PMG class, 30 Hall of Famers. I think that's an avenue that I like to explore and want to see if there's other opportunities for me to jump in. I'm hoping I don't ever think that those 97 football PMGs will reach the level of the, the basketballs, but I think the gap right now in terms of price is very wide. I think it can shrink along the way. So that's an opportunity that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. The spreads and the ratios, they're not set in stone. And even if there's a guideline or quote unquote, a rule, there's no sure things for whether it's going to increase or decrease, but the difference between nines and tens with any company that may shrink and it may widen. And, but when you do basketball, football comparisons, wow. It makes football in those arena designs, tricky and difficult case hit parallels, as well as inserts. They, it just looks like something's a little out of whack. So either one of them's too expensive or one of them's too cheap, or maybe they're both too expensive compared to what it was 20 years ago. Okay. Why do you call it stacking slabs and how much fun are you having? Because if you're already a B2B marketer, you understand these things. I have friends that are not in the hobby. They say, how do you keep coming up with content every day? Not a problem, actually. So same yeah. with Yeah, yeah. So stacking slabs, like the name, I get that question a lot. And I'm a writer by trade. So I love alliteration. And it just came to me. I was looking at a visual of looking at my collection and just saw the slabs stacked on top of each other. And I just said stacking slabs and kind of the rest is uh, history. I, I love it because not because I love to hear myself talk but because I love to think deeply about things that interest me and things that I'm learning and share them. And having a podcast, it's an incredible vehicle to get someone that I never thought I would talk to, you being one of them. It's a great connector. And so I, I always say this on my shows on Fridays when I drop my Friday shows, I say to my audience, I have this individual on my show because I'm learning 
just like you are. Like I'm bringing people on and it's intentional. So I, I think that's a really fun part about just having a, a content platform and it's just the ability to network and meet people that you never thought you would meet before. So I'm having fun doing it. I agree with you. There's something new in the industry that is happening every day that I could talk about because it, it fascinates me. And I think there's a lot of other people just out there creating awesome content. And I think it's just, it's an amazing community and I'm having fun being a part of it. Is it antagonistic or exceptional as an exception to your education or training in B2B marketing? Because the hobby, it's a different ecosystem. Are there things that the hobby that are against conventional wisdom, but seem to work in the hobby? The branding issues are, I'm a person, but I'm a brand. And there are a few other people that are like that in the industry, but in your B2B marketing, it seems like it's more institutional, more established more structured and the hobby is way more loosey goosey. Yeah. So this is a, a topic that gets me really excited because I'm working on a company right now. Our product is launching in July and it, it really is the premise of this very topic where it's the way we as consumers get content today, whether it's Netflix, Spotify, you name it, content that's frictionless, it's easy to get access to. But on the B2B side, not so much. If you're trying to find something, you Google it and you land on an unhelpful blog post and you have to fill out a form and you get hit by a sales rep and it's a really terrible experience. So before I joined this startup, I was doing stacking slabs and it's more B2C, right? Type of marketing. So lessons learned from stacking slabs and the way I've done content, I have taken to this new opportunity and applied and it resonates. People buy from people. It's interesting because I balance these two worlds I live in and I have a ton of passion for both of them. I often go from one side to the other and, and test and see if this works or if this doesn't. And I think at the end of the day, what I've learned is that if you have a message that people believe in and people can rally around, be consistent and stay on that message. And no matter if it's be to something in the hobby, no matter it's something in business world, just have a goal of always trying to educate and trying to be helpful. With with stacking slide, there's no gimmicks. Like there's no hooks. I'm not doing this to get you to fall into my sales funnel. I'm doing this to be helpful because I have a passion and appreciation for the hobby because it's an escape for me and it's giving me interest. So that's just my mindset and mentality as I'm trying to like balance both worlds of professional life and the hobby. Yeah, it's like podcasting is a lost leader, except it's a one-two punch and you never throw the punch. Totally. You get that. But uh, still, I, I think some people come into the industry that we were talking about technology. And when people come in, if they're too sophisticated, then they think this is a packaged good. This is a commodity. And they're going to totally miss the boat. You know, that, that it's actually, it's not a commodity. It's the opposite. It's completely decommoditized. I think, in the sense that, and grading is further made. They talk about NFTs, non-fungible to tokens. It's a whole industry of things that are not fungible. Even two cards, the same grade even can be different. That's the complexity that allows for the chase for the, the collector mindset. If there's investors out there who are not collectors, they'll probably be here for a season, but collectors could be here for the duration. Totally. And, and I think that's most of the people. Yeah. And just to touch on that, and I talk about this a lot and something you said triggered a thought, but there are so many people that I have just nothing but admiration for that are starting businesses within the industry to make it better. They're creating solutions and they're building technology. Like my feedback, and this is where I can lend some feedback that I think is helpful just from doing what I do professionally. Like my feedback to those business owners that are taking the plunge and creating things that are helpful, don't lose sight of you as the individual 
getting in the mix, getting on people's podcasts, being on Instagram, being in group chats, sharing, because like at the end of the day, I think people want to buy from people that they know and they trust. And that's a big opportunity for any new business owners. Just don't lose sight of you being the collector and the individual and you being able to give back to the hobby because that in turn will mean some really big and significant things for your brand. And the E-Myth and other business books, they talk about the power of customer intimacy, really knowing your customer. And I think people lose sight of that. Even in the digital, actually, it's easier in the digital age to at least know their how their social media presentation of who they are, but what a secret. But when I started a long time ago, I was my own focus group. <laughs> I was a collector. I had been a dealer. I had an LCS. I had promoted some shows. I'd been a show dealer. I'd done a mail order. I'd done all the stuff that was there. There wasn't social media there, but I very well connected. I didn't just jump in and who's this guy? I, I had paid my dues. So that's what you're saying. I think that's wise for anybody to figure things out get a lay of the land and jump in a way that probably is consistent with who you are. You know, that the gifts that you have and, and your kind of expression. Some people are more analytical. Some people are more relational. And it's better to be who you are and not try to be somebody else. Brett, thanks for being here. And thanks for doing Stacking Slabs. I, I think you're getting a similar enjoyment that I am. It's fun to connect and put stuff out there and see the reactions and then respond further. And it's always a work in progress. I think you probably feel the same way. Each week or each day is a new opportunity to not set the record straight as much as just get further along in the journey. So anyway, Brett McGrath, thanks for uh, popping in. And we'll do it again. Best of you in Stacking Slabs. And thanks, listeners. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man!